Hideo Kojima has been a standard bearer for the very best that the gaming medium has to offer, and has inspired many into creating a mature art form. That guy, like, he's, he's such a genius, and uh, I'm just doing whatever he says, you know, and he's like, we're going to make people cry. I'm like, for a video game? And he's like, yep. What the cause Kojima is the, the master, he said, Kasparov of, of, uh, of video games. And then he goes, he goes, and I go, playing me? And he goes, no, they'll be you. It's not, obviously, it's not story-driven in the sense that we go from A to Z, like we do in a film. It is out of time, out of space. It is in the moment. So I think the opportunity of, of doing things we've never done before could be very interesting. He is to gaming in many ways uh, what Cameron or Spielberg are to filmmaking. His absolute passion for perfection and his narrative ambition and scope. There is nothing in his stories that he does not love and feel strongly about. You can see strands of action, strands of manga, anime, tokusatsu, epics and existential philosophy. He believes, as I do, that we must cherish this medium not only for the entertainment possibilities, but for its artistic ones. We both believe that these things, these strands of pop culture, are actually keys to the mythology of our century. He proves that an altruistic voice and vision can sing loud and clear above the din of sameness, and that an individual with conviction and faith can manage anything through hard work. It is my great pleasure to introduce a creator, an innovator, and an awesome dude. Ladies and gentlemen, Hideo Kojima. Hello, everyone. I'm back. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 7 of the Death Stranding podcast. It is Tuesday, the 28th of November, and there are 9 days until the Game Awards, 11 days to PlayStation Experience, and 196 days until E3 2018. I am your regular host, Albert, and today I am joined by my co-hosts. Please introduce yourselves. So, Dean, Dean is back. Yes, Dean is back. A couple of, of episodes, yeah. Yeah, the so, Dean yeah. of Deans. <laughs> this is the special one for me, and That's right. I'm can't wait to get started. I'm really looking forward to it, for sure. Go ahead, Steve. Hi, this is Steve again. Um, nice to be here. <laughs> Fantastic. Awesome. Uh, yeah, so yeah, as I've mentioned many times, uh, audience, so this is um, with a, at the start of every, every episode, uh, this is a weekly podcast dedicated to Death Stranding, uh, the currently in-production upcoming title by Hideo Kojima and Kojima Productions. As well as news and discussion on the game itself, we also cover Mr. Kojima's many and varied influences, everything from literature to film, poetry, television, and more. Our mission is to showcase and celebrate just how culturally, intellectually, artistically, and philosophically enriching and eclectic Mr. Kojima's work truly is, leading up to and following the game's eventual release. With that regular rundown out of the way, let's get the show started. Fantastic. So as you heard just at the top of the uh, show... um. And as you'll see in the in the sort of episode description, it's going to be titled something like Dean's Big Phantom Phantom Pain episode. Um, we've been uh, alluding to this um, episode uh, throughout, like uh, the, maybe the last two, two or three episodes, um, because I think, as I was mentioning in the pre-show just before we started um, the show proper, um, I think it's a really really great launching off point we've we've sort of we've touched on it here and there and we've we've had like a couple of round tables about phantom pain um 
essentially on the surface level, but as I understand, we've got quite a few notes and quite a few um, sort of Reddit uh, comments about uh, started basically at like speculating about the stranding, but also not so much um, just like it's just expressing what we want to keep and what we'd want to like it's 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 just going to be a breakdown of like it's like a post-mortem almost of uh phantom pain and what we would want to see and what could you know feasibly be a building off point um from which uh you know that kind of kind of fertile ground from which death stranding will be grown so that's going to be pretty cool so um but before we crack on with that, I'll just quickly mention at the top of the show that um, the Road to the Game Awards series by Jeff Keighley, um, this is something that, as far as I understand, guys, is he hasn't done like a video series leading into a Game Awards. Is that correct? Yeah, and this is the first time, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Um, I'm I'm really enjoying it. Yeah, he's um he's he's really putting he's really walking his talk. Um, with uh with with this and he's hasn't missed a year since 2014 so um i really really respect the guy for for essentially you know i mean he even he even addresses this in one of the videos it's like we're not necessarily the um the the oscar of the oscars of gaming but um you know like we we're a bit more kind of there's there's a bit more happening as in like just because of the the nature of gaming like this there's such a wider spectrum of um of of the sort of yeah like um yeah the difference between gaming and um, and the film the film industry um you can have yeah obviously within the film industry you can have everything from like coco like pixar's coco to um schindler's list like there's a there's a spectrum there but you could even, you could um it's mm-hmm. arguably like gaming have has a wider spectrum so what do you think of um yeah, sure. yeah like what do you think of uh the way that he's kind of rolling out these videos um just go we'll go around we'll go steve uh, I actually haven't seen the videos. Um, I I don't really see awards award ceremonies. I don't I don't like them. Uh, <laughs> whether it's whether it's video games or or film, I pretty much there are cringe fests. I really don't like them. I, I usually I, I usually am online when these things happen, just I, just so I can see the trailers as they mm-hmm. as they are released. Uh, but uh, I mean, uh, I think what what Geoff is doing is is fine. He's he seems to be like a like an entrepreneur guy who loves video games and had this great idea. Uh, I mean, I understand that not all the uh, not all the shows have been great, but the shows themselves have uh, have had some something of a identity crisis where <laughs> they want to be fun and video gamey or they want to be more like like you said like the serious oscars yeah but um but i mean good for him and it's good that uh some of these developers and uh voice actors receive uh awards and, and stuff like that i i think the the video game world deserves more recognition that in that regard that's true and it does it does fit into what interactive artistry and like you and i and steve and ed and everyone here are kind of angling for which is um you know we have a bit of fun here and there which is great and it's like human to do that but um it's always great to sort of um have this sort of central premise to rally around and that for us as i've experienced with all of you you're all you're all each of you individually able to speak so uh um eloquently and um discernedly discerningly 
about like this medium and, and what it's capable of and, and its uh, you know capacity for like mature discussion and, and, and psychologically and emotionally and intellectually st uh, stimulating and deepening discussions and um, imagery and, and themes so um, I think like he's connected to us through that inherently um, as, is, as, as Kojima is as well so uh, what do you think um, Dean same thing as uh, Steve go right ahead yeah, I, I I follow him on Twitter too, and then he actually he actually released a podcast episode, uh, I think maybe five days ago or something mm -hmm. like that. Yeah. And when then he moved it away from Twitter, I don't know why, but I listened to it, and he actually he actually he has parents that that are kind of part of the Oscar thing, Hollywood oh, cool. Oscar thing. Yeah, and uh, and the first time when he helped actually in Game Awards of some kind. It was when when he had 15 years. So, wow. Oh my so, god! Yeah. It, it, so it's his dream. It's his dream to make like big game award show. Yeah. And and yeah, he he gets a lot of flack for like not doing just one thing, but doing trailers and awards and musical and stuff like that. But I think it's the best way to do to do it because because this it, it feels varied. It feels if only awards would be there. I, I probably wouldn't watch it. This way, I will watch the awards, I will watch everything, and I will enjoy everything because it's not the same. And of course, there are trailers, so. Absolutely. You know, I think, I think, yeah, I think it's a great show. It's a great That's show. Right. It's cringy, but, uh, but I don't know. Everything about him is cringy most of the time, and I love it because. <laughs> I think he owns it. I think he, yeah. Like yeah, we have a yeah. comment on the Reddit that's it's from Javid six five four two. Um, he posted, I'd like if you guys talk a bit about Jeff. Um, that guy's an icon for me, maybe about why he's so exceptional. We've sort of, and as you were saying, Dean, you've touched on that. Um, and I think, yeah, like as I was saying, it's like he's kind of, I think he's aware of it. He's, he sort of owns it. It's like there has to be that guy that, um, if I have to wear this face or whatever, it's like he's just, he owns it. Like that's why he had that, like, really emotional speech. He's like, fuck it, like, I'm just gonna express, like, my, my exact thoughts and my exact stance. And a lot of people, like, there was some eye rolling and stuff, but I remember, like, I called my girlfriend into the room and I was like, this is uh, this is and like immediately like she had she had very um very little in in the background she knew she knew about how like like Kojima is an auteur and like he's he's pushing um pushing mm -hmm. the medium in all these ways and all all she needed to see was that like he I think um it's almost as though like I think one thing I saw with Jeff is that he feels people's feelings for them it's like a really it's like an an empathetic trait which is um which is really really cool I think um he's like. Uh, and and he and, and I think he's I think that kind of comes from how the industry itself is is full of introverts, you know, um, mm -hmm. that that don't really like um, articulate things themselves, and that's why like I mean again it's not in the game, the gaming cult. It's like yeah, it's not in like gaming culture's nature to want to throw uh, like award shows. So it, it's great that he's both within and outside of gaming enough like as an entrepreneur um uh, to be able to say no 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 like take a bow like stand up and that can be cringy but it's also like i i won't argue with him like it's it's 1000 percent deserved for so many of these developers and um yeah for sure no sorry to jump in on you dean go right ahead no 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 that, that was pretty much it yeah but yeah he, the the main point about about it all in this podcast he said is uh, is about people making games about people behind those games and how he he met them first and how he respects them and how he respects Kojima of course and and everyone that works so hard so hard on these games so 
Yeah. Uh, there, 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 there is one negative comment I think about some Nintendo stuff, I guess. But uh, like I said, because of his relationship with Kojima, I just and the rules stuff, the the that speech, that speech, emotional speech yeah. was just. I mean, I I almost cried at that speech because yeah, he, he truly knew knew what happened there with Kojima that year with Konami, and it felt genuine for me. Yeah. Really. So. Absolutely, yeah, man. I adore the guy. Definitely, yeah. absolutely. Um, you know what I um, uh, when I when I saw uh, like um, like the latest episode, for example, and just seeing, I really appreciated it. Like just seeing how much work is is being put into the show. Um, and um, it, I'm not sure how many episodes there will be in total with this sort of road to the Game Awards. I'll actually check right now. Um, to see if another video has been posted. I'm not sure. I think so far we only have the, uh, the, yeah, the three. Yeah, the yeah the episode one and two. Yeah. But I'll just. Uh, I didn't saw the two. I didn't saw episode two. Yeah. Oh yeah, there is. There's there's an episode two. Definitely, it's really good. Yeah. yeah. Um. In in fact, one thing like throughout, he sort of. Uh, it's sort of obviously depicting like how they're getting this one ready and um, um, you know mm. in, in time for obviously the 9th uh, of, of December but also um, he sort of there's clips that kind of throw back to like what they did wrong and what they think they want to improve on um, which is really really cool and um, again it's that uh, like taking accountability and not just being mm. deaf to I think that's something that the gaming industry and like the gaming kind of community um, does better, I think, than any other. You know, there's there's this great interfacing with the people who like the like the fans and like the communities around these games, mm. um, which is really really cool. So, yeah, awesome. Well, um, you know, Dean, you know what? I think it's time. Let's make it happen. Yeah. Okay. It was really so, cool to catch up. Yeah, yeah, 15 minutes or so of just like um, just touching on that because obviously that's we are so close. I mean, that doesn't need to be stated, but both nine and 11 days away, as I said at the top, um, that's crazy to think about that we could be nine days mm. away from a new trailer. Like, no big deal, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but um, I think so, Dean. If you wanna, um, well, I'll do some creative editing here if it means just streamlining this. But if it, how did you want to approach um, jumping in? Because you've got your notes there, but I also have. Mm. But you actually, the thing is, you you have the the Reddit there as well. So if you want to jump into your notes and like uh, explain what you want, um, what do you what, what do you want to describe here? Like this is like so Dean's kind of TED talk. Like go right ahead. I'll just hand it to you. <laughs> okay. So so the way I figured we could we could model this, I guess, is maybe we 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 try to. First, start with things that we mostly agree on. Mm-hmm. So maybe obvious stuff, obvious flaws, uh, directive flaws, or uh, developer flaws, and then we go further to the you know neat neat picks of it all. And and yeah, that, that's that's the part where we can debate the most. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Talk about the most, but yeah. I dig that for sure. Awesome. I mean, I what I might do just to kind of um, as sort of a uh, like a preamble, I suppose, would be to uh, bring up some of obviously the um, awesome community over at uh, reddit.com/r/deathstranding who submitted um, some of their comments. So that I'll just read a few of them out, and then that I yeah, think sure, sure, could sure. be good to kind of galvanize sort of um, and sort of um, kickstart things off. So kick things off rather. So. 
we have Nero Light 67 who says, What do you not want to see in Death Stranding? I hear everyone saying what they hope or want to be included, but I think it would be interesting to hear the other aspect too. So again, I'm just going to go through the comments and so extract the, the topic and just write it down. So what do we want to see in Death Stranding carried over, which we will obviously discuss. Um, so we've got a comment on by Gonicalized, uh, what do you think of Death Stranding soundtrack? So again, um, there was some 80s-tastic vibes happening with Phantom Pain. Um, I, we've already heard some of that kind of Stranger Things-esque soundtrack to um, Death Stranding. And, um, you know, uh, Kojima is like a kid of the... is like, you know, he, he's... he's it's very clear that he has an affinity for that era, so we'll go into what Ludwig is doing um, 80s-wise with Death Stranding compared to uh, Phantom, um, Phantom Pain. Um, awesome. So then, uh, yeah, then obviously we've got Legit Man 323 thoughts about similarities between um, uh, Phantom Pain and Stranger Things, so we just mentioned that. Um, so, so far we've got two topics, which is what do you want to see carried over into Death Stranding? We've got some soundtrack talk ahead. Um... We also have, this is from one Tinker, this is perhaps talk mm, about... Just, just, uh, oh yeah, go just ahead. To, uh, he said, well, not want to see that stranding. So oh, we're doing right. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. My bad, my bad. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. then one Tinker says, perhaps talk about some of the game mechanics that might be included, like how we might be able to use the strands to connect other players to entities to defeat the game. Maybe spew some ideas on how the gameplay would be and what kind of structural buildings we might see. All I want you guys to do is brainstorm some crazy ass ideas and talk about them on the podcast. I'm like, absolutely. Um, which is great. So just, I, I suppose we'll at one point we'll have like a free for all kind of thing. So I'm just like mentally taking notes. This is actually essentially determining the segments of our show. It's like, thank you Reddit community. Sometimes you really just like write our shows for us and we just sort of ride the wave of you guys. So again, it can't be understated how much we appreciate um you guys chiming in because it all kind of adds up to creating what we're doing together. We wouldn't be able to do it without you guys. So again, like everyone on this show came from Reddit's uh, Death Stranding subreddit, so we'll always be indebted. Cool. So um, 515 Nerdy says, while discussing the Phantom Paint, I'd like to hear everyone's initial thoughts on their first playthrough. Did you finish the game? I personally didn't. I don't want Metal Gear Solid to end for me. Haha. <laughs> Was it heartbreaking to not have cutscenes that lasted 20 minutes? Uh, Dean, I'm sure you have a lot to discuss about. <laughs> uh, 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 the kind of ratio of cutscenes as compared to previous MGS titles. So, um, yeah, yeah. And you say, uh, yeah, was it refreshing to travel on horseback while listening to tapes? Why did and does the MGS community still continue to think the Phantom Pain is unfinished? Uh, does that go against um, Kojima's philosophy? So that's really good. Um, it's unfinished, not in the way people think it is. It's not the ending that's missing, but a small part before it. Okay, cool. That's a little extra comment there by user Allen's KRC. Um, we're almost done, guys. Uh, so that fat bear says maybe you could talk about the themes of the game. There's this one post that talks about how Death Stranding could be about self-actualization. Really cool read, which is great. So we'll, we have a, a segment on themes there as well. Um, and then Dragon's Matter jumps in saying, oh, it's a bit, a bit of a longer comment, but... He basically says, looking forward to the show. Um, uh, let's just see. Actually, he pretty much just talks about JF, which is great. We sort of touched on him before. Um, there we go. And I think that's kind of it, guys. So what are the biggest potential pitfalls for Kojima Productions and Death Stranding? Um, what, if anything, would be the single 
biggest thing that would disappoint so we can talk about what would disappoint us so again we have like five or six segments so i'm good to uh yeah start with what dean specified which is what we believe are the flaws so um and that's ties in really neatly ties into what nero light 67 was saying what do we not want to see because it's mm-hmm. implied that with the flaws of phantom penis uh, sorry of uh, phantom pain um we don't want to see that carried into death stranding obviously so i'm going to throw it to um we'll go steve what for you were like the main kind of flaws that you had and feel free to be we're going to go a bit longer on this one as dean and i were um speaking about earlier um feel free to jump into pretty much every each and everything because there's going to be at least someone out there who'll relate to uh one or two or 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 even all of the points that you'll raise steve and same with you dean when i I throw it to you as well so go ahead steve uh yeah so if i if i remember correctly one of the one of the questions was uh what what was the, the first impression that i got yeah um, I did. I did finish the game. I actually finished the game twice. I I platinumed that. I platinumed that game on, on PS3 and PS4. I, I like that game a lot. Yeah. Uh, but um, when I finished the game, I did have the impression that it was incomplete. That the game was incomplete. That uh, it it wasn't finished. This is something mm-hmm. that many people have said before. Yeah. And it it isn't it isn't really just because of oh there is no there is no mission in the island with Eli and stuff like that. It's, it was mainly because of this um, the missions that you play at the end of the game where they're like repeated missions with like you have to do them with perfect stealth and stuff like that. Yeah. And I, I just thought that was very, very lazy. And I didn't like that. That's probably the, the, the thing I hate the most about that game. Yeah. Um, I, I thought I thought those missions were very lazy and I didn't like them and if you have to you have to play them to unlock the real ending or, or whatever you don't uh, you don't have to play them sorry to, to interrupt you but you don't you, you you only have to play three side ups to continue the time but yes you yeah. get them but you don't have to finish them yeah okay uh, in, in, uh, okay so yeah I, I'm also uh, like a competition so uh, I have to I have to play everything <laughs> I have to complete the game 100% so I, I, I did everything in that game um, so, um, yeah, I, I thought that was kind of lazy and I didn't like it. And, uh, I don't mind a game ending in a, uh, sort of when, when a game, I, I don't think a game needs to be like, it needs to complete all the, all the plots and everything. I don't, uh, I, I, that it has to be like tied in a nice, in a nice rainbow tie or something, whatever. Yeah. I, 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 I don't mind that, but, uh, but the game feels kind of incomplete in that, in that way where, there are also people that have said, "Oh, there should there should have been a third map or something like that. And you you should have completed the story with, I don't know, another character." And um, but overall, when it comes to gameplay, uh, I love the the feel of the game. Uh, I said this before. I, I love that you feel like, for example, you're 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 truly playing with uh, a badass spy uh, a, a soldier guy who can do all these amazing things. And um, I think you really feel like um, uh, like 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 that character. Yeah. And it's amazing that you have so many options to to infiltrate the bases and everything. And um, I could say that uh, I mean I, I love playing as a as a guy. And the other problem that I have is actually not with the way the game feels, but with the open world itself. The, the world that. The, um, the game is set in because, um, uh, for example, I, I think I also mentioned this, where I just thought this was an open world where you have a lot of enemy enemy combat posts and everything, 
but you kind of feel like the enemies are are just there waiting for you. Um, yeah, <laughs> there is there is too. no purpose. There is like there is like no purpose beyond uh, beyond them just waiting for you to 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 infiltrate and attack you or uh, and attack them and 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 whatever. And I actually gave the example of of how amazing I thought was the the first level uh, in in Guns of the Patriots, where. Mm. Where you you I mean you arrive in in this Middle Eastern in this Middle Eastern level where where Otacon basically tells you listen like there is there's like a war here there are two factions fighting each other and uh, but we we want no part in this you, yeah. you you can just ignore them and everything and uh, you can effectively just follow Otacon's suggestion and ignore them and sneak around ignore them and sneak around and just infiltrate the base and everything or you can just kill them all or play around and everything but you don't feel these npcs are just there because of you you feel there is like a story happening separated from you and this is what makes the, the, that level feel actually bigger than what it how it already is so yeah i um, agree man for sure it, it, and yeah and, and i and i think that's what's lacking on uh, in, in the phantom pain and uh the the sense that there is a a living world where I mean you're told that there is also like an invasion and a war happening in Afghanistan, but you you never feel there is such a thing. There are just soldiers that are waiting for you. Yeah. So um, that's 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 like uh, some of the things I I, I don't like and uh, about the Phantom Pain. I don't know if if Dan want you want to. Yeah, <laughs> I wanted to do that. I wanted it a bit, a bit to, a bit more structured, but okay, it's fine. But I just wanted to say about this uh, variety stuff. So everyone says Phantom Pain is so varied, and you have all these, all these gadgets, all these weapons, all these ways to, to infiltrate and stuff like that. Okay, that's true. But to really identify variety for me, you have two kinds of variety. One is that kind. The control kind, you get you get bodies, you get weapons, all that stuff. That is one kind of variety. Second kind of variety is exactly what you said with, with Metal Gear Solid Guns of the Patriots. The stuff that happens yeah. unique to the mission, unique to the, the exact same mission. So those guerrillas fighting, that's all structured and varied. There's no there's no repeating there. There's no there's no just uh, soldiers walking around in in the same shifts and stuff like that. No, everything there is structured and varied. It, is it is it the the battle? Is it the the I don't know ambush? Some someone is ambushed there or something like that. But it's all varied and all different. Pretty much all different. It, and that's why I I respect that game so much because it, it really it really shines in that regard where you you're not you're not getting the same thing over and over again. And Phantom Pain is is. Complete opposite of that. So yeah, I completely agree there. And and I won't say that Phantom Pain didn't have some of that, but it lacks so much compared to previous titles. Mm. So yeah, that's that's just the thing. When when people say it's so varied, game is so varied, you have so much possibilities. Yes, you have them, but pretty much everything is the same. And then you have these capabilities to do things, but you you you're attacking the same stuff again and again, same same bases and. Yeah, that's yeah. why. Yep. It's, I actually, I'm going to try and kind of give a name to what you're sort of alluding to. It's basically yeah. like restricted variation, <laughs> you know? It's like um, exactly. there is a lot of variety and, and um, variability, but within certain parameters. I know it sounds like a kind of paradoxical statement, but I, I know what you mean. Like, like uh, Phantom Pain gives us probably more tools 
for like um, you know obviously and then customization tools as well but also tactical tools you know literally for the tactical espionage operations as in the title more than ever before but at the same time and I experience this when I jump in here and there as well. Um, there is like um, I hope I hope it doesn't make us sound like petty or ungrateful or jaded, but there is that as you said that certain format and as it's so strange to to to, to feel like I have to sort of articulate like um, well like this is great this, the variety is amazing I can approach at any time of day I can use any any weaponry um, but essentially and you know it boils down to infiltration or like you know it's like uh, maybe boils down to like maybe no more than a f than a handful of things that you're doing um you're either destroying something or uh like like listening in or infiltrating or, or rescuing someone or um you know what i mean so there's all this that's that's what um I like when it, uh, it circles back to me because I know Dean's still in the middle of his, but um, that's what mine's going to focus on is like what was all the variety and what was all that customization ultimately serving narratively, um, conceptually, other than simply to just be essentially look, Konami, uh, Kojima, we can do this. And like I felt as though they almost put too many options in for something that is it just boils down to like a handful of outcomes. But like anyway, go ahead, Dean. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much that, and you uh, know, also the bosses are kind of a variety. Also, the, yeah. that second kind bosses, yeah. Um, yeah, pretty much every single time. And like I said, that's why I respect them just for so much. Every single time you progress through the story, yes, there's something around the corner, and you're not sure what 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 is there expecting you. you you're not sure when I when I go right, what will what, what will there be, what will be, what will be there. That's so right. that's in front of pain that is very very rare so totally yeah. agreed totally agreed and and um yeah this is i'm that's why I, as i mentioned on the top of the show like why i'm really looking forward to this um and what we might even do is because we've only got uh yeah i guess in yourself uh dean and steve here it'll be cool to um possibly have a chapter two where we we discuss uh because i, I want to go in depth i want it to just sort of be this not, not like cleansing is a bit of a kind of uh you know dramatic word but like i just would love to hear everyone's just like like the dark secrets of everyone's thoughts about Phantom Pain to get us all on that sort of honesty, um, that same page of um, honesty with how we've all kind of articulated how we feel, because I think that'll um, influence how we um, how we jump into discussions with uh, Death Stranding um, in the future. I have I want to make sure I don't miss out on uh, discussing this one tweet, but we have a tweet um, on the Death Stranding. Um, Twitter, which you can go to at twitter.com forward slash deathstrandpod. So yeah, that's as much as the name as I was able to fit in. <laughs> so, but um, but basically, um, we have a, a user that kind of chimed in, um, and they said the following. They said, "Can you mention um?" He mentioned Oat Studios. We'll probably because there's a couple of things with um, you know, like like Neil uh, Neil Blomkamp's um. There's, it's very tangentially related but to, to MGS, but um, uh, and yeah, it says the shorts remind me of MGS4's commercials at the beginning and start of the game, which is true, um, uh, imagery-wise. So I'll, we'll, we'll jump into that a little bit when I, because I'm gonna basically be focusing on comparing MGS4 to five, uh, as as I know that Dean does as well, and um, I'll touch yeah. on some of the imagery stuff there. But um, we'll so uh, we got some mention of Moby Dick Studios here, Phantom Pain, and do we think there will be a mother base upgrade system maybe for Norman's ship? 
um, the cutscene methods in, in in Death Stranding. So this is again all tied Norman into. Norman has what... a ship. Yeah, that's that's like there you go. <laughs> that's exactly. Um, that's just a, a cool speculative thing that I thought I'd bring up in case. Um, you know, there could be like a more because I my my crux of when I kind of comes to me like well, well, I I want to hear definitely more from both you guys, but I'll I'll just essentially say like nothing is like fundamentally wrong with Phantom Pain it just needed refining and I think Death Stranding is going to be the best opportunity to um, do some of that refining like for, for me it's like Mother Base is massive and that's great and that's, that obviously fits the story but um, if we did have for example like again this is speculative with uh, user Ulysses323 uh, on Twitter um, whether or not something that would be like smaller like the size of maybe that like vessel from 2001 space odyssey um or like you know like your your mass effect game kind of thing like that kind of thing and um to see whether or not we'd be able to have a bit of customization there in case there is like some space-time vessel <laughs> involved which there may not be but um that could be something cool so um so that's kind of um yeah yeah like um and actually you know what we'll we'll go a little bit further into uh, flaws because I, I just want to squeeze everything out of you guys about this because it's important to just go there sort of thing. Think of this as like a therapy session. It's like, Steve, <laughs> Steve, what else? Like, we, we, it, it can't just be that. Like, you know, um, I really want to get... Sorry, can I, can I go with... Because I have all this, the yeah. notes here and can I go with it and then you, Steve can comment. Uh, yeah, no, absolutely. And, and, no, no, by the way, uh, Dean, that was just an example. I was just like, as that was just me um, <laughs> right. in the middle of the... In, and just like as an example like saying like throwing it to Steve the, but I definitely know that you're yeah, you must um, uh, continue uh, go ahead Dean okay so uh, can we all agree uh, that side ups pretty much suck yeah <laughs> so that, that's my question yeah <laughs> okay Steve too, I, yeah yeah. Um, yeah look um, you mentioned that somebody somebody asked what we don't uh, want to see in, in Dead Stranding um I think my the, the first thing that came to my mind actually wasn't even related to the game itself. I just I just wanted to answer. I don't want like loot boxes and microtransactions and thirty DLCs that don't don't have any substance to them. But mm -hmm. uh, actually, when it comes to the game itself, uh, I was thinking that I actually don't want to see. Uh, I don't want the stranding to have a map because um, I don't want the strand to be an open world in the sense of Ubisoft uh, open worlds. You know. I don't want it to be like a, an open world with it, like a million markers for fetch quests and side quests that are like pointless and a million collectibles that are also like they have no like substance to them or, or anything. Yeah. Um, I, I, I would like this trend to be a, a, an open world in the in the, you know, in the sense of old RPG open worlds like um, like, you know, like. Um, Daggerfall or Morrowind or Gothic where where they don't give you a map. And they actually reward you for for exploring the place, and they respect your intelligence. Uh, something that, that Dean just mentioned, where you where you don't know what's you, you don't know what what happens in you don't know what's in in that hill, or you don't know what's happening uh, crossing the street or everything. You don't have a map, and the map doesn't tell you this is a danger zone, and you just go there and you need to explore. And if you get killed by a monster in one hit, the game is actually respecting your intelligence uh, when you say, okay, this maybe is a fucking bad zone that I, I shouldn't be here just yet. And um, I would like a, I would like an open world where, um, I, I was thinking of this because, I mean, what we know about The Stranding is that it's an open world action game. Mm. But it's also obvious that it's like a, it has a lot of horror elements. And um, 
what you're gonna ask yourself is, uh, okay, how do you make horror elements work in an open world game? And I think there is no better game to answer that question that, uh, than than Bloodborne, because, and I mean the other Soul series from from Software, because uh, these are open world games. They're not sandboxes, like I said, like Ubisoft kind sandboxes, but they're open. They're open world games, where uh, you you're not given a map or anything, and you are rewarded by by exploring. Uh, the 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 game doesn't hold your hand. It doesn't tell you where where to go and where not to go. And for example, with Bloodborne, uh, it can be a terrifying experience not knowing what's what's at the other side of this door and and the other in the corner of the street or. Uh, or where to go, really. This is what makes uh, the horror of Bloodborne so efficient, where you can you can have a, a zone filled with horrible monsters that kill you in one hit, and you're you're only going to know if you explore. Yeah, you're I totally agree. You, the, the, there is no there is no there is no quest log that tells you where to go or everything. So I would like this trend to be that kind of, like more into that kind of uh, design philosophy, other than uh, and not so much as uh, as a Ubisoft kind of game because if you watch if you play the Phantom Pain you see there is a lot of similarities with games like Far Cry 3 where you can even tag the enemies and you can um, uh, you know you you have a bunch you have a bunch of like uh, you Dean just said like horrible side quests and, and stuff like that and uh, the way I see it, it it seems to me that this trending is going to be about this character uh, Played by by um, by Norman, who's like he's just stranded in this place. He looks like he doesn't know where he is or what's going on, and maybe you'll need to discover uh, the places by exploring them, by by walking, by facing mm. uh, by facing opposition of of of, uh, of very different kinds, you know. Mm. So uh, so yeah. <laughs> I appreciate that for sure. What do you what do you, what do you reckon about that, Dean? Yeah, I agree. Uh, I agree very much, actually, because when, when you when you say open world, and you 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 had discussed open world uh, a bit when I wasn't here, and uh, I'm very sorry about that. But <laughs> when you when you say when you say open world, you 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 think in your mind this this whole ground, and uh, you can go left, right, uh, center, wherever you want, southeast, west, shit. Okay, mm. but. The thing is, uh, Kojima, and le- like he, he wrote in, in, in this last, uh, what is it, Glixel, Glixel interview, or what, what is it? That's right. uh, he wrote uh, about authorship, right? And in open world and in these open, wide open areas, it's very hard. It's very, very hard to, to, to put that authorship in there, to put that Kojima behind every corner. Kojima, Kojima personality behind every corner. That's very hard in open world game. And you talked a bit about linear, about PT, and how it wasn't linear in its stru- in its structure because there was random stuff happening, but the whole way was very very narrow, and because of that narrow narrow structure, every single thing you did was controlled, and Kojima, and 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 and, and, and he just how can I say? That's okay. He just. Yeah, it, it was just Kojima all over because that that was very narrow, and around every corner it's Kojima, <laughs> and that's why it was so good, and that's why it's one of the best horror games ever made, in my opinion, mm-hmm. because if, if if that if that thing was wide wide very wide, it, it, could, it couldn't have been near as as good. 
so yeah, that, that's that's the big problem with me. And when and when he, when Kojima says that uh, in Death Stranding you can go everywhere, that also scares me a bit because it 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 sounds like it's this open circle and you can go left, right, and center mm. instead of something like Bloodborne where it's open world only in in speech and it's actually linear but open mm. world at the same time. Yeah, that's so right. that, that's. But I agree. Totally. I mean, this, 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 this also. I mean, it's about the discussion about how, uh, how, yeah, how you direct games. I remember um, Warren Spector, the guy who dire- who directed uh, Deus Ex, who, mm-hmm. who he basically said that uh, he he created he he created he designed levels where there were a lot of secret stuff, and uh, he never he never tells his the the, the gamers where the secrets are, where the secret. Uh, room is and where he can get his weapon and everything uh but he likes to i mean he he says that he likes when when people don't know and they and they find stuff and they tell their friends they they found this stuff and the friends also doesn't know and everything it's about how 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 the how the player really can discover so many things that the game doesn't doesn't tell you and kojima for example he's a guy who who, who loves movies and he likes his long cutscenes because he, he he likes to put drama into his into his into his games and he likes to explore the characters in his games which is, is fine but uh, i think the best video games are the ones that um that give you freedom not just in the sense of here is a fucking gigantic uh, open world do whatever you want but that uh i mean also give you the the the, the chance to uh to explore, to interact with things, to change things in the world, to, to for example, I, I, I mention a, a wonderful old RPG called Gothic, where you can, there is an open world there. You're not given a map, and there are many creatures that you can tell these creatures have a purpose, and depending on where they are, they're they're swamp creatures. They're creatures that only that only live in the in the desert, and. Um, they're creatures that uh, attack you in a certain way. They're creatures that will follow you for like a, two miles or something. And you, this makes you feel like the world is, is, is a living place. Mm-hmm. And um, I, think, I think Kojima is used to this sort of more linear, linear he's a master in actually linear kind of uh, design and stuff like that. He, was, he wanted to experiment, I guess, with the Phantom Pain doing an open world. I just hope he doesn't just go to, to the route of... of uh, many other open worlds that are just like um i was talking with a friend that played the, the latest assassin's creed and he just told me that the game sure the game is huge and there's a lot of stuff there there are millions of stuff to do and there's always some stuff some something to do that collect something or doing this side quest and everything um but when he but there is a point where where he just went like i i'm not i'm not even interested in the story here I'm not even. Mm. I'm just. I'm just doing this because uh, you know, it's this OCD thing where you feel like you need to complete things, and just finish things. And there's a lot of. I, I'm. I'm. I'm guilty of doing this in the Phantom Pain, for example, in, and in other games. But um, the thing is, how how do you how do you implement the story into the into the world? That's I think the most difficult thing. You 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 need to you need to ask yourself as a as a designer. That's really interesting. Definitely, man. For sure, I actually had a um, a note um, that I because um, I'm just sort of reviewing some of my kind of stuff that I sort of wrote for this, but with um you know like again you know you were saying about Bloodborne, um, yep. Steve, mm. um like I 
it's that's you know in terms of games that I sort of like connected with the most. It's it's the game that I've played the most um, on on PS4 on like latest generation. Um, and what I take that to mean is that like like if you just looking at that, um, I I know that that's what resonates with me in terms of how to adapt something um, open world and still make it compelling because I'm driven by narrative. Um, uh, and collaborating with Dean on some of the artwork actually made me reawaken to my absolute love for MGS4 a lot. <laughs> I'm glad uh, I could do it for you. Yeah, for a while I was like, I can't understand, like why? And then it just it, it occurred to me, you know, again all of the all of the uh, silhouettes on the interactive artistry banner have a reason for being there, and we um I'll, one day I'll sort of read sort of what we kind of like. There's a there's a reason why um. Uh, you know the third child, like uh, you know, Psychomanus is on the top left, and and then there's a reason why Joel and Ellie are on the far right, and they're they're all sort of placed symbolically and strategically. Um, but uh, when I came to Ola's, I was like, like we, we just need like to re be really brutal on ourselves about who, what which games were actually and are actually considered to be on the forefront of that, of 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 um, you know the advancement of games. And then when it came to Old Snake, I was like, it just clicked. It was like he's the the proof of the staying power you know he's the proof of like i'm still here and um uh, and and that like we we were able to see like essentially his entire arc like we've we've been experiencing obviously some of the stuff that happened beforehand with like big boss you know who would eventually like the gene seed would go on to make a snake and uh, and liquid but we've seen that entire arc and and um and uh, I think MGS 4s resonance with me, um, it, it just yeah, like when I when I compared four and five, I I I could not put four down. Like I it was I think that do you do you, do you agree, Dean? Like um, definitely, definitely. You just can't you couldn't because it was so it was like watching a film. You just like or a series. You just you didn't want to put it down. And I know there was an attempt to kind of create a bit of that with Phantom Pain with like starting each episode with like the credits and everything. But I mean sorry each mission, but just gonna throw this out there like when you start a mission in phantom pain um you'll see who's gonna show up later in the episode like i saw the skulls mm, yeah um you know the credits <laughs> yeah. of like the skulls will be appearing it's like i didn't know who the skulls were okay mm. um i don't want to be now playing it's like they spoiled it for themselves in a way again and that, that adds to that uh that angle for me with with them um, with phantom pain that that it was like an experiment there was there was, it was an experimental game which became critically loved as well i think uh with what happened to um uh, kojima with kodami as well developed a lot of like empathy towards what um kojima was going uh, going through. I'm not saying, obviously, like empathy led the way to Phantom Pain getting all its uh, accolades and, and awards. I think it deserves each each and every one of them uh, for it, for what it was able to accomplish. And um, again, for that advancement of the medium, you know, Kiefer Sutherland, uh, the the new technology, obviously, with Fox Engine and um, and and some great commentary. Again, the content isn't the issue; it's the execution. Um, and the like the the method of the tapes as well. It just didn't like I, I, I there was nothing like the tapes in things like MGS four and two and three. Um and yeah, for me personally, again, some people really loved it. They, I'm sure there were like people like, Thank you, I don't have to sit through a cutscene, I can play the cutscene in the background while I play. I'm sure that that resonated with a lot of people, but just for me personally, totally valid either way. Everyone's you know, takes all kinds to make a world kind of thing, but um I, I just feel like playing MGS4 like like tomorrow, <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. So um, but uh, yeah. Sweet. So um, Dean again. Yeah, is, I will, uh, yeah, go for it. 
No, I have one connect with uh, with Steve actually when he said about this. I I haven't played Bloodborne, but I know about it and I watched some some videos about it. Yeah, but yeah, the thing. It. Yeah, yeah, I heard, I heard. Yeah, and it seems it seems really interesting. But yeah, the thing about I'm 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 I think closer to Albert in this because I'm really really I'm. I'm moving it in this medium because of stories and because of characters. Yeah, me too. I, I, I'm here because of that, yes. And and that's why uh, open world of any kind is a tough a tough one for me because the narrative and pacing is always, always tough to make. And that's why you have Fatum Pain where the, those tapes are out of time, out of, not context, but sometimes even out of context. But they're all taped somewhere, somewhere at the same, at the same time, you know. It's it's not, in MGS4, when you're in the cutscene, this is happening right now, this moment is fucking happening, you better pay attention, they're talking about important stuff, you know. It's happening right fucking now. Yeah. And in, in MGS5, it just, you know, it all happened before, then you're just now listening to it. So, yeah. But about the main missions also... This is this is I think Kojima's intention. That was his intention in Phantom Pain was that that emotional emotional motivation behind missions is gone pretty much. I mean, very few missions have real emotional. You have to save cars. You have to maybe save children. Quiet. But that's three three or four missions. Other than that, there's just you have to you have to get GMP. You have to get <laughs> I don't know some tanks. Yeah, yeah. That that, that that's the for me, that's a real issue, and it's even a flow objective for me because, yeah. come on, I, I, I need some fucking motivation. I want to save Meryl, I want to save Otakon, not some fucking random soldiers which I heard about five minutes yeah. before. This is why I wanted this episode. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know yeah. something, um, one of the things I, 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 I think it was a wasted opportunity was the fact that uh, at least it, you, the game should have made you feel like you are the bad guy. Um, because I mean, you're you're supposedly you're a big boss, and you're creating this mercenary uh, group that everybody else in the world hates, and everybody wants to kill you and everything. Um, I mean, you still, for example, when uh, when you have to kill these child soldiers and everything, mm-hmm. um, not to make the game like adults only or something by actually having the the, the children being killed or something, but. Uh, at least in a cutscene or something, you should have been given the option of, of killing these children, because um, I think they they could have explored the notion of um, actually this guy forming this uh, this mercenary company out of hatred, and uh, th- that's what you see at the beginning of the game with Mi- with Miller that this is a guy filled with hatred and stuff like that, and then you don't really explore it because you're you're focused, like you said, and getting GMP and <laughs> and uh, and and getting a lot of soldiers and building this thing. And um, but I think they at least could have gone into that direction where, yeah, you're 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 the bad guy, and how are you going to deal with this? You have the you have the option of either killing the kids or not, and you have the option of killing the soldiers or not. I mean, one of the most I think probably the most emotionally resonant scene in the phantom pain was when you have to kill your own people with because they're infected with the with the bacteria and stuff like that this is probably the most uh, and i mean the the game could have been filled with scenes like that in terms mm-hmm. of gameplay can uh, i stop you for uh, a second just for a second yeah, and so, yeah. so you don't okay so now imagine instead instead of shooting i don't know crazy buffalo and uh, i don't know buffalo soldier <laughs> 
Yeah. Instead of shooting him, uh, you, you had to shoot Meryl. Just just yeah. for for this click of, that happens in your head. I mean, those soldiers meant fucking nothing to me. Nothing. They, they were just there, you know? I didn't fucking care about any of them. Yes, it was kind of hard to kill them because, I don't know, I, I fought on them, I guess, so... <laughs> I fought on them. There was the emotional bond when I yeah. fought on you. <laughs> yeah. You know, and actually, the only guy I actually wanted to shoot uh, was Emmerich. And you can't, <laughs> because I, yeah, yeah. Fucking, I, I fucking hated that character. I, I actually, I've, I've, I've said how I love some of the characters in, in the Phantom Pain. I, I actually like Skullface. I actually like even um, Venom Snake. I, I like Quiet, but I hate Emmerich. I, I have no idea. I have no clue why Kojima thought it was a good idea to take Emmerich and turn him into the coward, traitor asshole that he is in, in the Phantom Pain. If anything... Um, and then you have like characters like Ocelot, who are known to be the triple agents and stuff like that, and they are always betraying people, and uh, and are, and he's always the villain and everything. And he's he what what does he do in the Phantom Pain? He does nothing. He's just the the guy in the in the in the codec that gives you some instruction or something. And he he chose the best the best person. He he thought he the best person to be the traitor, idiot was uh was Emmerich, and I hate that character. And it's. It's kind of sad because I actually like him. In, I actually like him in in, in Peace Walker. Uh, yeah. So that's also another wasted opportunity there. Mm. Yeah, but it was kind of a point to hate him, I think. And I think his character isn't that bad uh, in in a sense. Uh, he really couldn't couldn't see what he he has become in a way. So he he made all these excuses, and all. All of them were, were bad, only he was right, right? It, it, it even says like that in game. So I think it's not... I, I hated him too, don't get me wrong, but he's maybe one of the best characters when, when it comes to characterization of some kind for me. You know, to me, to me, he also comes off as some uh, as somewhat of an hypocrite because he also does like definitely like you say he also he also does like this sort of thing where he he, he at the end he says it's Nate, you're 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 a villain you've killed all these soldiers this is all your fault but he he's also done some horrible shit I think he killed he killed Strangelove you know he, he mm. killed Strangelove didn't he he, he kind of <laughs> he, he 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 put her in the fucking boss. I don't know, uh, thing, the metal thing, and he killed her. He killed her there. He he <laughs> die or something. I, it was something, some horrible shit. And <laughs> so that's he comes as such a fucking hypocrite, and it's just baffling that he, he that Kojima chose this guy to be the the sort of you know that kind of uh, traitor guy. I don't I don't know. I, I just don't I just don't like anything about Emery in the Phantom Pain. And um, and like I said, I actually like him in Peace Walker. I, I like that he was the scientist who, um, you know, he 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 couldn't use his legs and he used his intelligence to create a uh, bipedal uh, robot. That was kind of nice, you know. And he was nice in, in in Peace Walker, and then and then he he got ruined. <laughs> <laughs> that's really I'm I'm certain as I mentioned before, I kind of did a quick comment like this is exactly why I wanted to do this um this episode because I know there's um there's a stuff that the stuff um that I, at least personally, um, you know, I, I suppose my angle into, uh, like, Death Stranding podcast and Death Stranding, I, I've kind of essentially, up until now, kind of essentially uh, uh, um, 
uh, like separated Phantom Pain away, but it, it, you know the reason why this is such a, a, mer a meritorious or, or like deserving subject is because it is our our closest um, our closest analog to what you know we may be seeing unless he goes full art game and you know again this speculation is going to be obviously engaging and and um and worthwhile to, to, to participate in, obviously leading up to gameplay reveal. If we find out that, you know, Death Stranding's gameplay is going to be like Journey, it's just going to be super intuitive with no heads-up display, and, like, there won't be, like, it'll just be... Whereas, you know, Metal Gear Solid is very militaristic, Death Stranding might just be like, you'll just be handed... Like, it won't go as... Like, it won't go as, in, as into specifics. Because I remember, like, when I was, like... I'm... I don't know, like, again, Dean, I'm, maybe you can relate, like... I have this weird sort of OCD a a like um, attitude to when I really c click with a story, I just want to like completely engross myself, completely invest, and just see it all the way through, and then do stuff after that. So like I had this kind of brain shutdown when I just realized that Phantom Pain, like it's it's you can't do one after the other. It's everything's happening at the same time. And so when I would, for example, I'd be like, okay, I need to satisfy my OCD. Um, totally fine if other players aren't like me. That's fine. This is just my own approach. I want to clear my menu first before I proceed with any narratives. So I'll I'll log in. I'll jump into Metal Gear um, Phantom Pain. And um, I'll see like these, you know, those little, no you know how in your smartphone when you get a message, you get that little notification kind of bubble. Mm. It's like that appears on the icon. And I was like, why do I have these? And it's like, oh, in the meantime, so and so happened with GMP, or so and so happened with your recruitment, and and I would go and I was just, it's like I just need that to be clear so that I can move on with other things. So I would be, I would, mm. and I would just look at my watch. I'm like, I just spent the last 15 minutes in some fucking menus, <laughs> just oh, yeah, trying to like, yeah. Like I just want to highlight all the weapons so that I don't have that little thing of like new weapon and I just like this is RTS like I I didn't play Age of Empires when it came out I I respect people who did but like I am not enjoying this and so then I would jump in to the mission and then I would just be like there would just be again the control screen which has been completely lauded and mm. like uh, you know given so many accolades with just how like tight the gameplay was and like I was able to switch from this to that and I was able to you know call call the helicopter and like jump in the jump in the thing you know again I really listen as Obviously, please don't uh, sort of see this as us like complaining or anything. This is just like again, just galvanizing discussion and exploring some of our thoughts. It's not like we're not like pissy, jaded people. We just like we 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 just really like like you got you have to be able to look at the things you love uh, critically as well as um, you know gush and and um, and love on them a lot, which is what you know that's the whole fanboy thing. But for us, I think, and just for, speaking for myself, and as something I've sensed from my other co-hosts here, including. Uh, Steve and um, and Dean is that you can love something but to love it also like it's just like with a friend it's like if you constantly affirm your friend you're not loving them you're just enabling them to to never improve exactly. themselves um, yep. you know and uh, and so for me it was like that was something that I I could have really I just I needed a bit more focus so again I know I appreciate the open world uh, kind of I won't call it a fad or anything. I just I see it as something as like the natural growth of, of gaming. It's like we're able to build larger levels with more detail. It's obviously tempting to do that um, with like Horizon and stuff. Um, 
And I think Horizon is actually going to be another um, Dean, if that's something, and, and Steve as well. Uh, if we want to have, again, this is obviously the Phantom Pain focused episode, but I would love to have like a Horizon focused episode of like, what would we want? Because that's Decima, you know, that's where uh, mm. Death Stranding is going to be built, so we can have another analogous one for that. But anyway, Dean, um, this is your episode. Please let us know what you want to jump onto next. Yeah, for sure. Uh, okay, so let's let's try and. Uh... Let's try and make this about uh, quantity over quality. Yeah. So that that's about thing about open world games in general. But in Phantom Pain, that's like for me the biggest regret of it all because all, all of the side ops. I mean, there are like 100, 100 side ops, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and and I just wanted to imagine imagine Phantom Pain if it didn't have side ops and instead of I don't know 30, uh, 40 main missions, it had. 15 of them or 17 of them, but they're filled with this content, real content, real diversity, real, you know, that's that's the game, that's the fucking band I want to play, you know, <laughs> and it, it could be about Venom, it could be about Big Boss, I don't give a shit, I give a shit about, uh, about the real content that's in the game, and yeah. quantity or quality is something Kojima never, it, it was not about quantity or quality ever, it was exact opposite before, and True. also one thing, so I, I want to hear your thoughts about that. And uh, Kojima is pushing for ripple, ripple effector. That's the thing from Ground Zeroes, even when he, even though Ground Zeroes side missions are most of the time better than main missions in in, in Phantom Pain, but still, it was this it was this idea that he he's gonna he's gonna make the core gameplay so fucking good that you know you're you're gonna play it over and over and over and over again. So yeah. that's again thing that I don't agree at all because I when I replay games when I play replay for example, Uncharted 3 or MGS3, I replay them for the story, and I, yeah, I, I lost here. hours and hours and eh, hours and hours of time replaying those games. Uh, a lot more than any open world game or any good core gameplay mm. game. Cool. So yeah, talk about that, please, because yeah, sure, go ahead, Steve. Yeah. Uh, you know, there comes a point where um, yeah, there is there there is a problem with. Uh, you mentioned Albert uh, about how, well, at the end of the game, you get all these gadgets and all this stuff like that, but it also affects uh, replay value. I mean, you can, I can, I can put into the Phantom Pen right now, and I already have Snake with this gigantic sniper gun with with a silencer, and if I get the dog, it's basically easy mode. So, yeah. and and I mean, there is no replay value there. And so I just, uh, when it comes to what you just mentioned, Dean, uh, I just, I just wonder if it would have been a better, a better idea to have the Phantom Pain be more like, like the latest uh, Deus Ex games, like Human Revolution and Mankind Divided, where it's not like an open world, but you have like open maps and open missions where mm -hmm. you still have a lot of freedom and you have a lot of freedom, but there is also a lot of specificity and a lot of. Uh, uh, elements in the, the world is so is so filled with with stuff and with um, things you can interact and experiment with. I I wonder how the Phantom Pain would have been if Kojima had chosen to to do it in in, in that way. Uh, even if you have to sacrifice some of the base building stuff, maybe. Um, I don't know. I think it would have been a better idea since, like I said, uh, at the end of the game there is no much. If you complete the all the side missions and everything, there's not much of a, in terms of replay value. You go there and there is a bunch of bases filled with people that are waiting for you to attack them and to kill them. You have tremendously powerful weapons 
like I said, have a fucking sniper, giant, giant sniper that kills people in one shot and it's silenced and everything and you can uh, get the dog that's going to tell you where everything is. And so it gets like, there is no reason to, 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 to continue playing in this world. Where uh, and also, like you said, there is no much in the way of of uh, of story there after after the end uh, after the end of the game, and so you don't wanna you don't wanna you can't come back and play the game from from the start because of how big the Phantom Pain is and because of how uh, extensive but yet unfocused it is. So um, you don't you don't you don't go back to the Phantom Pain to play it as you would. With uh, with Metal Gear Solid One and or or two or three or four, and um, yeah, that's 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 I mean that's the kind of thing that uh, Kojima thought it was gonna it was gonna be like a good uh, design decision, but uh, I think it would have been better if it was just like go I mean take take it step by step step by step. You want to do an open world game, but you're not. Uh, you're not a, a you're not a, a professional or a master doing open world games like for example Rockstar. Uh, take it step by step and actually do it like different levels and um, with big maps, fill with with details like like I said like the Deus Ex games. And uh, I thought it would have been a, a better game. Right. Absolutely, yeah. Um, yeah, and so Dean, did you want to add add to anything? Like, cause you could sort of throw it to Steve, but um, did you want to kind of like have your spiel first no, before I jump into mine? No, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm wanted to hear your opinion. Yeah. Okay, fantastic, cool. So quality over um, yeah, quantity over quality. Um, I've mm. touched on this on on some of the sort of um points that I've raised before about like yeah that kind of stuff about um the uh, the detrimental effect of having too many uh, options and. The reason why I keep sort of making sure that we, um, uh, that, that like I don't come across as like jaded or ungrateful or anything is that, um, like I've, I've had many instances when I've like been listening to podcasts where I sort of hear people like list off all the things they have, they hate about a game and that it like missed the point. And I have this sort of, um, chip on my shoulder about it because I, I really try to, um, to, to make sure that like I'll, I'm actually out of nowhere like I'm just going to talk about Battlefront 2 because I just played that recently <laughs> I, I know I know and people are like what you're in the middle of talking about what's why are you bringing up Battlefront 2 because <laughs> I enjoy Battlefront 2's campaign more than any uh, anything that I um, experience narratively from from Phantom Pain um yeah, we're going to lose a few listeners I'm sorry <laughs> uh, the reason why is um is because I and I really hope a few few of you have stuck around and haven't like you know left the podcast and like broken your phone in half or whatever, um, <laughs> because um, like it's like bear with me here because uh, the reason why I, like I was just parched like I've just been parched for uh, like uh, like um, I guess you know Dean um, I I don't know other way any other way to phrase this but for like something that. Uh, and I, I, yeah, like I, I don't want to say that like the, the 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 overall direction of gaming with like Witcher three, for example, you know, going full, uh, you know, full open world, but also like with narrative, like there's there's some there's some great things that Witcher three does that I think Death Stranding can learn from, um, mm. 
in terms of keeping it open world, but still have these really compelling narrative, um, you know, that you feel, you know, how, how Dean, Dean, like you've played Witcher 3, I'm sure, right? Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you, yeah, and there's going to be, there, there are moments like it's open world, but because the the, the writing and the characterization and the, the performances mm. are so compelling, and and the yeah just like the writing it just makes you it does what Metal Gear Solid 4 did it like it prompts mm-hmm. you forward and makes you want to just like pursue that particular storyline and I've had that and that's why Witcher 3 um I've I've enjoyed a lot of that but the reason why I bring up Battlefront but, 2 but, oh yeah, actually go ahead but don't get me wrong uh, Witcher 3 pacing was terrible 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 but they, they make it up for it with quality yes the quality of side quest and everything but yes. main pace main story pace terrible of but course. still yeah. great game <laughs> yeah definitely yeah, so continue. um so i won't spoil anything obviously for people who are still playing it or whatever but um so what immediately hit me when i i just screamed through it i just i i need it like i i did paid for the whole deluxe edition all that thing you know um which is i'm sure you have like a whole bunch of um perks with online stuff um, and I'm going to sound sound like uh, just a noob here when it comes to sort of the online I I don't have any great passion for online almost at all I um there's actually a site called I think uh, only SP or like only single player games um I really like that site because it kind of jives with me and I don't know if this makes me like an old curmudgeon or a um, I try not to be actually I, I really celebrate a lot of what online is able to do um, I, I find it again you know um, Steve you brought up uh, Bloodborne I think that that was a really really interesting way of integrating online where it takes uh, it just introduces these elements like it's again these just literally the specters of the players around you and it fits within the, the narrative as well so I thought that that was you know a compelling way of including it but I almost feel that there's this burden to include online you know there's this um this expectation to to include online and when i played i was just like i unplugged like i i didn't my i think my internet connection was dead that day maybe we had a storm or something and i just i I popped in uh as in i sorry obviously i had downloaded it before it was pre-downloaded so um i just like started playing the campaign and it was just one mission after another beautifully photoreal graphics really compelling uh, like advancement like i just saw you know obviously they have a, a difference with ea they have um frostbite have a have a you know like they have a in-game engine that does the cinematics which is still the same models but just up and stuff which is still it doesn't count as cinematics because it has it is the in-game models um just like seeing what items like you know um uh, you know Janina Gavankar's character's character, like her, the ability for her to emote, and and like there was there was really compelling stuff happening, and I was like, and the writing as well was was quite good, you know. I actually got a um, I sent the mess the um the writer a message, uh, Mitch Dyer, and he he replied back t- to me, and and he uh. said like thank you for for like we're we're getting swamped with this microtrans. He didn't say obviously refer to this, but I know that like there's no other way that it could be going. Like now Battlefront 2 has become a poster child for the negative. Um, um, the ne- negative repercussions of uh, a company that um, you know goes down the microtransactions avenue. Now that's it. Like forever, we, whenever we see Battlefront 2, it's just going to be microtransactions. You know, which is sad yeah. um, for me because uh, this little six to eight hour campaign that I played, it was great. Yeah, and um, and as I mentioned, I've I've just been parched for uh, like I'm for example right after Death Stranding, I I am immediately looking forward mostly most uh, most of all to God of War because Corey Balrog, Balrog he's um Barlog sorry he has uh, the game director on uh, 
God of War 2 and the upcoming one, he has had a massive, like, he, he went, he literally, he, he himself, the man, went open world. He went out into the world. He was a, basically a protege for, like, George Miller. He, um, like, you read some of the stuff on his on his various blog posts and, and interviews. Uh, you can hear him discuss. Like, I just went out and I just came back to this industry and I realized that the answer isn't in... Um, as again for him personally the answer isn't in um you know blow, blowing up like the world to seeing how, how how much bigger and more detailed and that we can get which again we needed witcher we needed horizon and it, and I, I really do believe we needed phantom pain to to give us a counterpoint to like to say okay that was what we got when we went in that direction um and and it's it's time to regroup and assimilate everything. And I think literally Kojima's he's in that he's in that space right now of being able to assimilate everything that he's learned, everything that he's seeing, um, that that's kind of resonating with people and um, and infusing that all into Death Stranding. So uh, yeah, as I, and 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 I mention this because God of War they say it's not open world, it's very open space. There's like very large open spaces and connected areas, but there is a central narrative you know um and i and i find that like yeah like just more compelling and totally understand and respect like again as jeff Keeley has has done really well I, I believe to integrate like they have right next to most compelling like they have an award for narrative they have an award for writing right next to esports and the two couldn't be more different you know Mm. Uh, and and I just celebrate the medium itself, and I'm I'm I've, I've came around to that initially. I started like I'm only the scholarly guy who only does all. I used to have my interview with Sam. I think on episode five, uh, I thought I I thought of heading down that uh, a little bit elitist kind of path of trying not even to use the word games um, because I thought that the word game was uh, demeaning. <coughs> I, I I I was like I focus so hard on like game is it's it it it, it immediately associates it with um, wasting time and. And, and like useless pastime or just trying to distract yourself whereas gaming can uh confront you a lot like metal gear and maybe dean i'd love to hear your thoughts about this like 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 metal gear confronted the fuck out of me when i like about with with like various issues with just like uh um you know like uh like like what we're going to do in our, in our, in our, in our future and like our own self or like our own autonomy is, you know, like Metal Gear Solid 2 deals with this, especially, um, mm. you know, free will, all these things. And as much as I know that there was a huge push for Phantom Pain to confront me with like these, you know, super violent imagery, um, uh, and, and like, uh, and you know, the issues of like child soldiers and all these things, I, because there was, as you said, we've, we've all discussed it here. Um, you know, because there was no central, like, I just didn't, I didn't care, there was no, um, th there was, and I'm, I'm, I'm so looking forward to the comments that come to, obviously, Phantom Pain's defense to say, look, here's the central narrative that you missed out on, this is all the things that, um, this, this game did on a more subtle and imperceptible and nuanced level, I'm like, I can really respect the fuck out of that, I absolutely do, uh, it's just about expressing, everyone expressing their honest thoughts and then being tolerant of each other, I think that's the best way forward for this sort of thing so that's just sort of to tie a little bow on it is that um if we look at like yeah that's why I, again it's a little bit controversial to bring up uh, battlefront 2 um in in sort of a discussion about phantom pain and death stranding but um that just goes to show how like me personally i i really loved that quality like it was six to eight hours very short but i i felt um I felt like that un that being unplugged from all the noise and all the um what a lot of gaming is heading towards uh not saying that this is like the doom of 
of the medium of like we're all just going to be open world fetch quests and uh, GMP and uh, resource management even even Breath of the Wild which is I love so much this at one point it's just like really <laughs> like <laughs> I you know I have to make sure that I collect this much food to make sure that when I'm getting killed like I can uh, you know like this again there's a bit of resource management there which again it's just I think Steve jumped in earlier when I said like there's this burden to include these aspects of resource management mm. and open world and online so um so yeah that's that's kind of my my sort of uh my sort of take on it dean for sure awesome yeah okay great uh and yeah i i, I wanted to say again that i really really love fucking pain also yeah and when compared to other games i really appreciate kojima and his, his game and all the effort it went into making it and and when I played, I said this before. I think uh, I put my cheats on. I don't have to fault on anyone. I don't have to, you know. I, I only have to play main missions, and I and I can enjoy it. I mean, I have over 200 hours in the game. I, I think yeah. I I finished it three times. So I love the game still, but I I really think that it needs criticism because because I want that training to be better. Simple yeah. as that. I want that training to be as good as the MGS4 was, as good as MGS3. Agreed. That great. Yeah. Totally agree. So, yeah. Absolutely. So you you mentioned online online stuff and that's also one thing I didn't appreciate with Phantom Pain that I think it's mission twenty two or something like that. You know when you when you're going to that airport and then you're called back and that's yeah. that's for me forced very forced for me for forcing the online feature. F O B yeah. could could be only optional and I mean I I, I wouldn't. For me, the best best possible solution would be not at all because I, I haven't played one. I think I tried it once, FOB once, and I didn't like it. It, it felt re- really repetitive also. But yeah, so that that's one thing also I, I didn't like. And I think we can all agree to this also. For Steve, sure. I think you, yeah, you don't like online also. Yeah, so that's... that's and, and the last thing uh, I wanted to mention and... Pretty much, yeah. That that's also like you said, ties a up about it all. Is that every every single thing, every single thing in Phantom Pain overstays its welcome, with re reusing those mechanics. Uh, when you have bosses, skulls, you you fight them four times, I think. And and uh, again, compared to MGS4, you have this one boss, you kill him, it's over. It's unique to that that only that section of the game. And okay, maybe maybe you. Those jeep rides when you have to shoot happens two times or three times, but uh, compared to game's length and uh, variety of it all, it's it's minimal. It's you you, you can't even feel it almost. Sure. And and in front of me, yeah, it, it's very everything overstays its welcome. Uh, let's see, I hear quiet also sniper bosses two times, three times. Um, yeah, so nice. Man. Also, th- those bosses was pretty sponge bullet. You know, you you have to shoot them a lot. And what did you, what did you guys think about the boss fights overall? Uh, in Phantom Pain, I'll I'll throw this one to Steve yeah. first. Go for it, Steve. Well, I mean, when it comes to boss fights, they don't have the, I mean, they don't have the charm of the other yeah. the other Metal Gear Solid games. It's, it's mm-hmm. as simple as that. I uh, I mentioned uh, I, in in a previous episode, I mentioned something that I also hate, and it's the fact that um, okay, so Quiet was my favorite companion and. Actually, got a kind of an emotional connection with her and and everything. And spoilers at the end of the game, she has to she has to leave Snake and everything. And then, 
Konami put a fucking patch that allows you to mm. get her back, even though it makes no fucking sense in in, in terms Fuck. of the story and everything. Yeah. And it, it completely fucking ruined that 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 feeling of okay, she she'll never come back, you know. Yeah, um, that really. I mean, yeah, also, that's that's absolutely. I just want to say like that was that's kind of egregious. That gets a bit of a free pass. Like that's fucked up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, man. I mean, I mean, I love the the. I mean, I love the character of fucking Skullface. He's he's like in the middle. He he could have been one of those outrageous bosses that you know the way he talks, the way he his philosophy and everything. I think he's awesome. But what a wasted potential where where you don't where where you don't get to have a cool fight against him. In, in some in some outrageous c scenery or something, and um, I mean to me the Phantom Pain is about that. It's about wasted potential. I was talking about mm. okay, you're not you're not gonna make the characters very likable because you're the villains now. So why at least you don't commit to to that bit? Why why at least you don't make Snake uh, uh, and and his companions horrible bastards and villains? And make you ask the, the the question of about morality or something like that. The Phantom Pain is very much in the middle there, and um, I mean you could. I mean when it comes to the the open world nature of the of the of the story and everything, uh, like like Dan mentioned, uh, it's very difficult to to have a, an emotional interaction when with with side quests and stuff like that in an open world environment. But it can be done. I mean, it has been done in games like I mean, like we mentioned, The Witcher Three. There are significant there are side quests that you remember, and mm. also like in games like uh, Fallout New Vegas, there are also side quests that I remember very fondly because they're so interesting and they're so unexpected. Mm. And um, it can be done. That is the thing. It, it can be done. And the thing is that this is the first time Kojima made an open world game. And uh, I remember him saying, and like he tweeted something back when he was developing the Phantom Pain, where he played a GTA V and he said, "We'll we'll never be able to beat the the the, the amazingness of the open world game of, of GTA V and everything." And I mean that is true because those those guys at Rockstar have been doing open world games and they're masters of it practically since since the early 2000s, mm -hmm. and they revo they revolutionized the, the industry doing that and um he was he was kind of he was uh, i mean there is a lot of wasted potential there because it's the first time he's doing an open world game i hope he learns from his experience in the phantom pain and and like dan said we we're saying this because we really want the stranding to be something better and <laughs> we want the death stranding to be something interesting and we want them to learn from their mistakes and their and they're, uh, and I mean the things they they the was the weren't like strong uh, things in the game. We want them to, to you know, pay attention to the feedback of of their fans and and do something great. Mm. Mm. Totally. Man. And like I said, with with this new new Blixel interview, with this new, I I wanted to also, I don't know what year it was, but it was something like five years ago when he was making Pato Pain. So I. I I looked up this interview with him, and he said something about those resources and how he he he's making Phantom Pain dip, in different way to every other game because um, because of the open world structure of it and how he 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 put teams to every to every mission something like that so he can really be involved as much something like that like that was it I was I was searching I was searching the article but I couldn't find it but I'm sure I'm sure I I read it. So yeah, that's the thing. And when I read this article, Lixel, I see his 
he's uh, tr he's trying again to really really put himself in 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 these games. And I'm not saying I'm not saying Phantom Pain isn't full of Kojima. I mean, those gadgets are all Kojima. Those fucking gadgets with uh, <laughs> a rocket arm and stuff like that. But uh, but like I said, other stuff not so much. Other stuff like missions. And again, my missions. Uh, you you mentioned before diamond missions with with mine. I think that was one of the best mission the best missions actually because because you actually have this special mechanic and just used once, which is absolute rarity in the game, where you have to um, extract the kids, but you can't fold them, right? So you have to go through all those all those paths, and it's pretty, pretty linear also. And then you have to get to the helicopter, and I love that mission. And before also you had a cool a cool little, you have to interrogate the guy or something like that. So that, that's one of the best missions for me in Phantom Pain. But yeah, th th yeah, that's pretty much it for me. Uh, like I said, if he if he if he really brings back that training and Kojima in that training, I think that training can be magnificent. But yeah, oh, yeah, Albert. Absolutely, no, absolutely, I I totally agree. Yeah, um, I actually wanted to mention Undine. So, um, because uh, we've and I'm again keeping mental track of of our of our topics. So you've discussed um what we each found to be uh pretty significant flaws um with the game. So we sort of did a roundtable for that. We've done um quality over quantity um and sort of our preference I suppose. I think that's pretty unanimous with all of us that we prefer quality over quantity for that. And um just wondering what what uh yeah what 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 did you want to sort of discuss next with Phantom Pain? Uh -huh, sure. Um uh, okay so I also had some Okay, this 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 is more like nitpicks, like I said, but uh, that quarantine mechanic. I mean, who loved that? And when they designed that, I mean, what was the fun factor there? Why 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 would they think that would be fun for anyone? You, you know the part about what I'm speaking, right? Yeah, you know yeah, the part. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes. So you have to like oh, wow. I don't know redesign 500 of soldiers. I mean, uh, some of the things I really don't understand. It, 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 they were so so easily avoidable, in my opinion. Hmm. And yes, maybe maybe last last point that we can discuss a bit further about is this, and maybe Albert, uh, me and you will agree more on this with, over Steve. Uh, this pushing pushing for interactivity, yeah. when in my opinion is not needed. So let let's say let's say uh, Scalfes Jeep ride, right? So you you have all the control and the walk the walk to the jeep before that is also interactive in so minimal way, absolutely not needed for me. So and and like I said in in that jeep ride, yes, it's cool that I can control a camera more or less. But like I said, when when he controls the camera, I I I really think Kojima can control camera better than me, and that's why I want to give him the control yeah. and not myself. So yeah, that, that's so yeah, yeah. let's. Let's see if oh, man. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. I, I, I actually hate that part. I, I, I said like I love the, the, the character itself of Skullface, but I hate I hate that Jeep part because of uh, I, I don't know, I just I just I just thought the way they use the music there. I I just thought that that, that song, the Sings of the Father song, they were gonna use it in a much epic scene on the phantom pain or maybe in some outrageous boss or something it would have been yeah. better you remember with peace but, walker peace walker that song from peace walker was was played when you had actual gameplay so that that was i mean yeah good implementation for me yeah yeah sorry for interrupting and but yeah well i mean that that jeep scene was kind of yeah it was so off it was so weird and it was like yeah it was it was a push from for for kind of this artsy shit where I'm, I'm guessing they wanted to do something similar uh like 
from where the, the, the what they used what they did in in, in Snake Eater where Snake was climbing this staircase, this gigantic mm-hmm. staircase, and they wanted to do something like that, I guess. But yeah, I did. I I, I also didn't like that part. I mean, I thought it was kind of weak. If anything, mm-hmm. the if anything, like I said, the the, the mission with uh, where you have to where you have to kill the soldiers a, a, a quarantine it also think it also felt kind of pushy but i also really like the aesthetics of it i also like the fact that i mean there's a lot of powerful imagery there where uh where you you have to kill these guys and they 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 basically accept they, they want to die and they salute you before you shoot them in the face mm-hmm. that is kind of mm-hmm. this it's, it's powerful imagery and it's kind of it's, it's nice but yeah there is some pushing in that game and um that also comes to the to the, to the conversation about cutscenes, which, I, I mean, I don't really mind. I I understand that, for example, Guns of the Patriots has like eight hours in cutscenes or something. I I don't really mind that. I also like like uh, the Phantom Pain sort of. There are some cutscenes where it flawless, flawlessly goes into the gameplay, which I really love. Mm-hmm. But. Um, uh, but but yeah, I mean, I I I have no problem with with some kind of uh, how should I put it the 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 way the the author the, the author wants wants to um, wants to tell the story in ways that the player can interact as long as it's not that pushy. <laughs> hmm. Cool. That's so funny. would you would you prefer uh, cutscenes over tape tapes? Um, I I don't. Um... I really, I mean, I I can see. I don't mind the tapes that much, but I I can see how it's it's really a it's really a, a, a pointless mechanic because nobody, I mean, nobody nobody took took the time to read all to 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 listen to all the tapes <laughs> I and tried. stuff like that. I mean, <laughs> and no, nobody did that. I mean, so so if, if nobody's going to do it, why do you why do you why do you put this this thing in the game? I mean. And I mean, I, I know that's the kind of thing they did because they don't want the, the player to pause the game and listen to a conversation, uh, an, an obligatory conversation for like five minutes or something. Hmm. I understand why they did that, but there are also other ways in in the means of cutscenes to, to, to do it. So, hmm. yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for, for me, I, I actually listened to all the tapes on YouTube when I played so uh, when I finished the mission, I went, I don't know, do some something trivial and listen to them on YouTube. So yeah, that's, I guess, uh, yeah, I don't know what to say about it. That's okay, that's okay. I'll go into mine now. So um, yeah, um, so the, the, the topic was um, the interactive medium, um, that, like that being enough. It's like, we do interact, like this is the core, like you can't have a game, definitionally you can't have a game with which you don't interact, otherwise it's a movie, you know? Um, you may as well bring up some gameplay online and, and just watch, or just watch the movie version, which you can watch anything now. Um, you can just bring up, just they'll cut out, like this channels that make their, their living off of, um, you know, cutting away all gameplay, you can do that, but it won't be a game. Um, for me, it's a question of, um, like feeling like like um, uh, of of security in oneself uh, with with like the premise that like this game like for example like this yeah, obviously we're talking about Phantom Pain here but um, that it's enough for it that's I'll refer to um, Metal Gear Solid 4 again like it it even though I do believe Metal Gear Solid 4 endearingly went a little bit 
too far with the cutscenes. <laughs> and there was a lot there was a lot of them. Um it's just about finding that middle ground, I suppose. You know, maybe Death Stranding will be MGS4 plus MGS5. Well, maybe, you know. Um, mm. But my main thing, yeah, with this is that, for me, a, a game that knows that, like, I'm interactive, that's that's enough. Like, I, I don't have to add these extra components just... Uh, and I'm not saying Kojima did this, but just to prove, just to, just to take advantage of the fact that this is a game and, like, you're in a cutscene, but you can still move the camera a little bit. And, um, you know... Yeah just to remind you that this is different and it's like i really appreciate the symbolism of that i think i appreciate the symbolism more than the execution you know more than the thing in practice of um i'm gonna hand over camera controls to you because nine times out of ten when that little like bottom left corner it appears like l2 like press l2 to look at this from a different angle i Mm. i'll maybe click it um but I'll I'll just immediately again just be comfortable with being swept off. So I think it's about again just finding that balance of um, recognizing that there is a a really beautiful um, aspect to this medium that uh, that can leverage its in, its inherent interactivity for uh, to to be most effective. And then there's sometimes when I feel as though um, there's that burden. And we've been talking about, obviously about cutscenes here, but I'll touch back on to what I was mentioning uh, earlier about um, about the online component and about like the importance of having all these options. You know, um, I think at one point, sort of gaming got into this sphere of thought and um, an ethos of of, um, of um, game design where somehow I think it, it became the it, like the implication took root of people want to have freedom like when I uh, jump into a game like my it's again that implication that real life is all restricted and it's like you need to wake up and take the kids to school and go to work and it's so linear and and like the linearity of um uh, of of life it, like let's counter that let's let's make games all about openness but i i i find that like you know I, again it maybe it's a like it's a it's a more layered kind of stance for me but um in many ways i feel as though i am not like there's like in in in, in real life like you can sometimes feel like there's this kind of roller coaster feeling where you're just sort of participating in your day and not really interacting with it yourself um Sorry to get sort of sort of philosophical and symbolic uh, with no, this no, one. No, no, this but is great. Yeah, I, yeah. I never looked at it that way. I never looked at it that. This this kind of blew my mind just yeah. right now. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. And so, um, yeah, I'm glad, man. And and so what what so for me, it's like when I play a game, it's so odd. Like I don't necessarily feel like I want to completely like I I like to be guided. In fact, most of like kind of real life is just me driving it and i like that like it's 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 us waking up going to work talking to our friends talking to our family it's we're, we're leading the way we're, we're expressing our freedom there in, in life you know um and i think what interactive uh kind of like you know games and, and like uh you know ex- interactive experiences what they do is they give us this opportunity to um to uh like like games like for example Metal Gear Solid one through four give us this opportunity to feel this freedom of like approach the mission in, in any way and like I, I remember really relishing um repeating missions to try and get um or or repeating sort of sections of the game to try and not be spotted and that was compelling mm-hmm. and I and I enjoyed that repetitive interactive option which you can't have with when you're watching like uh, Mission Impossible Mission Impossible or James Bond you unless mm-hmm. you've got like 
uh, sort of mental condition that you just rewatch the scene over and over. I don't know why you would do that, but um, so I, I feel as though for me personally that like the waking world, if we're going to use the um, the bloodborne uh, kind of uh, sort of terminology, is about like us driving our lives and making these choices and um, you know uh, like it's it's us driving it and and I think that with when we um, want to take a break from that it, it's it helps to be like just a little bit guided I appreciate the freedom it's just balance that's why I don't like um, you know with books and, and, and films I, I just tend to prefer games because um, they give me the it's a it's a very it's a very kind of um, layered kind of kind of opinion I can't because like part of me is like just say it you just obviously just want to say that like you like to be guided by linear experiences but at the same time like I wouldn't be as as passionate about games if I only wanted that otherwise I'd be a cinephile like I, I just I would love movies and that's it but mm-hmm. what I love is that there's that option that there is there's that inherent aspect like I I know that I it, that's what make games magical to me that, that that it's it's more magical to play a game for me uh, than to watch a movie or to read a book um, because mm-hmm. I know that if I'm in the middle of a sequence like that's me like I'm guiding that but at the same time I I don't want to just like I already have real life where I'm guiding every single damn thing you know I like to be guided a little bit I in in real life I can't just be at the shops and like uh, press an auto autopilot button like You're I have off a bit, Albert. oh can you hear me now. Uh, yeah, yep. oh, yeah, fantastic. Yeah. Easy. Yeah. So um, I am trying to trying to like tidy a, a pretty uh, like tie a tidy knot on this, but essentially like um, uh, like I I am I'm happy with when there is a balance of interactivity in a game, not when it's either way. You know, it's just about finding that balance. And I I don't think as much as I love Phantom Pain, I don't think that balance that like like was struck for me personally because i would just get um overwhelmed by choice like the the paralysis of too much choice and there was um too much of a focus i believe in uh resource gathering and um uh you know things that were outside of that partially guided um kind of narrative experience which i relish let's just call it that i like to be at least partially guided um in a way that like that that contributes to like the 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 narrative like compellingness of of a game um mm. yeah so thanks uh, for throwing that to me dean yeah uh, it's not just uh, i mean about this relatability with protagonists for me in games uh first i thought it's maybe because of the length you know you you're i don't know with snake for 20 hours or 15 hours and with movies, you're like one hour and a half, two hours. But then I watch shows, TV shows, which which also have a length of I don't know, ten hours or so. So yeah, it's not even that. It's 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 just that you become this protagonist at some points. That that's that's the breaking point for for me. I think that you you simply relate to him so much because you control him and mm. I love me I guess and then I love him also and that's that's the thing that this interactive medium can do yeah awesome I really dig that man for sure so that's mm. an awesome uh, kind of trio of topics we've got there we had um, earlier um, obviously discussing our thoughts about flaws um, then about quality of a quantity and um the uh, the issue of too much interactivity and you want to make it four topics man before we tie off the knot or do you want to go uh, like two little mini topics to make it five uh 
Look, man, I, I can talk about Phantom Pain all day. So. <laughs> Me too. I'm actually looking back on my notes here. I've got people, you know, obviously they said talk about the themes, talk about the music. We may need to, because we're, we're going coming up to the, the one hour and 40, um, shall we defer to a part two? I think this could be a good ongoing series, Dean. Do you like this? Do you like the idea of For that? Me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know me, of course. <laughs> of course. I think that might be cool. I think I'm I'm going to name this one, whatever it'll be. It'll just be part one of whatever, you know? Sure, sure. I really appreciate okay. that. So are you guys happy with kind of tying a knot on uh, on the episode with that one? Yeah, man, sure. Guys, yeah. I, that flew by. Did, did you guys feel that? Like when you when you when something like really takes root and you just know that this thing like you're parched for wanting to discuss it. Like mm. it just mm. like that hour and a half just disappeared for me. You know. Yeah, yeah definitely. Absolutely. Enjoyed. For sure. Awesome. Well, yeah, I'll let's, do. Let's make it a part. Let's make a part two. Yeah. Let's make a part two. Absolutely. And I'm really again. It's just it's such a meritorious. I'm using the word meritorious a lot. I think I'm trying to legitimize it. It is an actual word, as far as I believe. It means something deserving of. <laughs> it's a very deserving of of discussion. But um, but yes. Yeah, so I'll roll into the sort of sign off. Yeah. So as I've uh, discussed um on the other episodes, um Death Stranding podcast is part of the Interactive Artistry Podcast Network. We're available on iTunes. Um, again, just search the name. Don't have to get give you out the URL. URL. A five-star review would be lovely, and we'd appreciate any reviews, just that you know we can kind of get a gauge on, on where we're heading and what you guys enjoy and don't uh, enjoy as much and would like to sort of see improved or changed, um, and I'm happy to read out those um, reviews as well. We're on Podbean under the same name. Twitter I gave before, twitter.com forward slash deathstrandpod. Um, we're on Instagram under the same name, and essentially anywhere you look for Death Stranding Podcast or Interactive Artistry, we're there, including uh, Tumblr and, uh, and YouTube. Um, so yeah, follow our outlets for Kojima and Kojima affiliated content and updates. And yeah, as a closing note to our listeners, we at Interactive Artistry are always looking to improve the quality of the show and tailor it to you, the audience, to make it the very best Death Stranding slash Kojima show it can be. Um, if you did want to help us out uh, to kind of grow the show in that way, please do head over to Patreon and as you know from, I'm sure, a few other podcasts you've listened to, even a dollar a month really helps us out, helps us cover the costs of hosting the podcast on that sort of basic level there. So um, obviously we'll, uh, you can, there's a bunch of tiers there, but on any tier level we'll be thanking you on the episode personally and yeah, kind of singing your praises because that is one of the coolest things that the internet has enabled people to do is to support each other in that way. So thank you in advance for anyone who's planning on doing that. So... And yeah, as always, if you have any feedback you'd like to share, reach out to us through the aforementioned outlets. Um, and yeah, like, take care, everyone. And remember, the game has already begun. Freshwater wallaby. <laughs>